Welcome to the Hustle with Pat, Cody, and Harrison. Howdy, folks. Welcome to a, another episode of the Hustle Sports Debate Podcast. It's Cody, it's Pat, it's Harrison, the three you have learned to love, hopefully by now. And it's a, it's a bittersweet podcast. We're back. There are bi-weekly podcasts that really is just a weekly podcast. We're here. We have some fun takes. Before we get started, there's... Uh, something that all three of us would like to comment on and that the passing of Jerry Remy and for those who un- don't know which I don't know if you, you anyone doesn't know who's listening uh, Jerry Remy the uh, color analyst voice for the Boston Red Sox on TV for the last 35 years passed away after his seventh battle with cancer and it's hard especially for someone like me for, for those who don't know sports broadcasting is you know the avenue that I would like to take my life and much a reason because of him and Don Rosillo and growing up watching the Red Sox games. And when he passed away on Sunday, it, it still hasn't hit. I mean, we've had uh, Tommy Heinsohn also die um, earlier, uh, last about a year ago almost, actually, which is kind of crazy. Um, and for those in the basketball community who know how much, how much of a Celtic Tommy Heinsohn was, Oof. That's the same thing that Jerry Remy was in terms of how much he meant to the fans and how much he meant to the culture and how much he meant to yeah. the Red Sox. Same way as, as Tommy Heinsohn um, with the Celtics. And it, it, it's super, especially like, like I said, my entire life, every summer, my house from 7 o'clock till 10 o'clock was filled with Jerry Remy. Mm-hmm. Jerry Remy. Even when Don Rosillo packed his bags and went to San Diego, Jerry Remy was still there. And Jerry Remy with Dave O'Brien and Dennis Eckersley over the last few years have been an absolute pleasure. And the one thing when watching Orsillo and Jerry Remy over the, my life, the thing that I loved about it most, and the reason I fell in love with wanting to broadcast was they had fun. And a sport which can be very dull, and a sport which can be very slow, and a sport which can be, you know, very unexciting at times he brought energy he brought fun every broadcast for 34 years he brought hilarity and laughter and uh, a very sharp eye for analysis and he was an older guy 68 he played in the 80s played um you know in the 70s but he wasn't one of those old fuddy-duddies that hated the game of baseball and the difference between then like he understood the wave and and he was such a joy to listen to uh we'll, we'll keep it brief but it's it's sad it, it, it really felt like a family member passed away like an uncle or a grandfather because you hear them more than you probably i at least for me i probably heard jeremy's voice more than i heard some of my actual family's voice in my entire life. Like every, again, every day, 162 times a year, give or take. He was there and he was battling with cancer. And this is, again, his seventh time since 2008 he's got it. But um, I, in the wise words of Norm MacDonald, someone who else was taken from us, you, the worst you can do with cancer is tie. You don't lose to cancer. So I guess his final record with cancer was 6-0-1. He beat it six times. He tied once. 
and uh it's, it's so you know condolences to the remy family and and they put out a statement via the red sox and they'll they're gonna do theirs privately and which is you know respectful and again it, it feels like an uncle is taken and i don't know it sucks but uh you know condolences to the remy family and the red sox organization and all of red sox nation in new england and really a, a sad somber weekend yeah to say the least yeah i don't think you could have said that really any better cody it, it the news hit yesterday we recorded this as of november 1st the news hit yesterday on october 30 31 or 30 31 31 it was absolutely heartbreaking and to me it was completely out of left field i didn't see this coming at all he had beat it twice i was in my head i was like he's definitely come back i was expecting him to be there for spring training for opening day all the other commentary, and this just completely came out of nowhere for me. And I, I'm right there with Cody. Like, every day it was him. I heard him every day. Didn't matter who they were playing, what game. He was there through all of it. And every time he had to leave the booth to go battle against cancer, it's like we're pulling for him so hard, and he came back strong and better than ever time time again. And I've just been looking at all the moments, like on oh. Twitter and on social media and everything that's been coming up. And they have just, they still make me laugh, and now it's like they're still, but they're making me like sad because they're not there anymore. I have probably watched the pizza clip probably 20 times over the last Here comes the hours. pizza. And here comes the pizza. Everyone knows it. Here comes the pizza. We've all seen it. Fan got in the way of, a, of the Red Sox catching a foul ball, and on, another fan was bad and threw a whole piece of pizza at him and nailed the guy on the shoulder. Hilarious clip. Or the, photo, or the video of Jerry dancing before game. And like with it, Tom Karen just it, embarrassing him, and just the entire Nesson staff, and seeing the actual connection between everyone that Jerry really knew between Tom Karen, Donaldson, Dave O'Brien, it has been so genuine and been absolutely gut wrenching to see, and it has killed all. Like, it's been hurting all of us. All of Red Sox Nation is yearning for this, and genuinely, no one will ever be able to replace his spot in that booth. They're gonna bring in someone. I'm sure he'll be good. It's it's a horrible spot to. You know, job to replace, but that's not what's important. This was a tough one. This is a really big loss for all of Red Sox Nation and obviously for his family. I mean, he was just a bright spot for years. Yeah, Pat. I think you and Cody said it perfectly. It shocked me. Um, and I think it's shocking for everybody who's watched Red Sox baseball because he's been there for so long. He's there for 35 years. And uh, even if you didn't watch baseball, you were probably watching baseball, just not tuned into it. And what, what, and for me too, I was when I was seven, six years old. I was a big Red Sox fan. I remember all the players from David Ortiz to Manny Ramirez, you know, Coco Crisps and all those guys. And I think that 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 combination between Jerry Remy and Don Orsillo really resonated with people. Um, and um, just like Cody said, I think a lot of people that want to go into the career of sports broadcasting, they aspire to be people like Jerry Remy. And uh, I, I was honestly astonished by how many times he actually came back yeah. when he was sick i was i i was like wow he, jerry remy is, is so strong to be he's superman he's, yeah, superman he's superman absolutely and and the fact that that he battled it he and he beat cancer you never like cody said you never lose to cancer yeah. um you you know you only beat it you know because you fight through it your intentions are there to get healthy and um yeah i i'm at a loss for words uh jerry remy was a role model to me um my uncle actually went to school with him um and he was pretty close to him he played baseball with him 
all the time and he has great yeah he, he was pretty close yeah, somerset yeah he was a local kid you know it's and I yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll keep it quick. We have some topics to get to, um, but I implore you to go watch the pizza moment. Watch when it, when his tooth fell in the broadcast. Donner still try to put it back. Watch uh, him falling. Like watch all this the funny things Remy did and you know, on Twitter or on Instagram or on YouTube or wherever. Um, it was a video about ten minutes long. I think WBZ did a little thing. Um, where they got Orsillo and Dave O'Brien and Sean McDonough, the last three um, TV play-by-play guys that worked with Remy and, and they got their thoughts and it was emotional. Um, you know, and watch just, you know, what, what he said, but yeah, I mean, but if you're to go out and unfortunately Remy did go out, there's nothing more badass than the last image. All of us have him throwing that first pitch. Yeah. That is um, so. That I, picture. That's the moment hard. that. That's the moment that made me think he's definitely coming back again. Like he's good. Because I, I, I can't. I couldn't even imagine. It's like they're bringing him out for a first pitch. He threw an absolute dart. And like and it was a perfect moment. Him throwing to Eckersley, who's been in, in the booth with him for years, friends with him for a billion years. And like I really thought that was one that was going to show like everything's going to be all right. And it just it hurts to see that it's not. But I, it, we're, we truly lost a, a legend uh, last night, which is just heartbreaking. All right. All right. Well, that is our tribute to Jerry Remy again. Like, I know I'm going to sports broadcast. And I know Harrison dipped his toes in the world of sports broadcast. And I know Pat's uh, filming sports and, and producing for sports. So it kind of hits home for us. We, we've all been in the field in one facet or the other. We've all met and inspired to be people like that. But we're also podcasters, and we are also radio show hosts, and we're also uh, master debaters. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I do. Really? We had to, really? We had to clear the mood. Anyway, we have a few topics today. Before we get going, make sure you go to Twitter at Hustle Sports Pod, where we have a bunch of our polls that go at least once a day or five times a week or so, uh, really, whenever I get to it, which has been way better. And we also Much post better. after during the shows we'll post the questions so you can react in real time and we'll go over the answers from this past week um at the end so our first topic is boys we're going to start in the major leagues nope we're not we're going to start in the association the national basketball association and over the off season the after watching the olympics and a lot of people adopting or having to watch the international rules a lot of people like the addition of the no egregious unnatural movements to jump into defenders to create fouls and the league said all right let's try it out and now we are at a point where the league stops with a lot of the silly offensive fouls Harrison, we'll start with you do you like it how the NBA has played out so far? Or do you not like it? How the NBA has played out so far? Um, I I honestly haven't you know stayed in tune with what's happening in the NBA in terms of like the the rule. I think it 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 makes sense in terms of like defensive players you know maybe accidentally getting in the way, um and and if it creates it it gives the advantage to the offensive player if they're able to just you know you know if if the defensive player is at a disadvantage and they're right in front of him. He stops, and they bump into each other, something like that. 
Um, I can see why they make the rule change. Um, I it listen if offensive players, stars like Steph Curry, all these guys in the league that are that are used to scoring don't like it. I honestly feel like it's good for the game just because it gives the if defensive players or players who are better on defense than they are shooting, it gives them an advantage because I, I just think that it, it there's so many fouls get called um, off you know on the defense and so I think if you give an offensive foul in this game, I think it kind of evens the playing field a little more than usual. So that's what I'll say about it. I, I love the rule. I've been on this bandwagon for years now. And that's part it's part of the reason why I'm not the biggest basketball fan is like just basketball's turning towards soccer where like it just was such a sensitive game where like if you get nicked at all, you're going to the line for two, it doesn't matter. And we had superstars putting up half their points per game, like on free throws, which no one wants to watch. It hurts the pace of play, like drastically, and that's been a big um thing to consider across sports it's why baseball is dying because it takes four hours to get through it and yes basketball is still quicker but like no one wants to sit and watch free throws like we we all hate them we all don't like them and the last two and we all can agree the last like two minutes of a basketball game take forever because of free throws and no one wants to watch them consecutively and it made defense near impossible i mean you had defenders like they're trying to jump just to block the shot and you have defend the offensive players just waiting for them so they can make some weird jump into their chest and like mm-hmm. throw the ball and not even try to actually make a basket, but they just want to take the easy way out by getting the line, put up points. And I think this is good. I think it's good for the integrity of basketball and people actually wanting to play the game the correct way instead of like raising up the n- next generations of kids like just diving into each other and hoping that the refs get in the way. The other part of this is that now. It puts less pressure on the officials, and you don't have to hear like at the end of important games people being, like, "How did the ref not call that? The ref blew it." It's like no. Now the rules are pretty more clear cut. It's like if they hit them on the jump, then it's fine. But it's like it's equal now. I thought the offense players were getting away with way too much in the past, and I I appreciate defense because it doesn't take talent to be that good of a defender. It just takes dedication to it and effort. That's it. It doesn't take a whole lot, and to see that, like, the games are scoring so much more now. Like, we're, we're getting accustomed to, like, 130-point basketball games now oh, yeah. on each side. And I don't know if that's really good. It's like, I want to see defensive plays. I want to see a good back and forth. I don't want to see a guy, you know, take three dribbles, dive into a guy's chest clearly, intentionally, and get rewarded for it. Like, I want them to be rewarded with free throws for actually making an attempt to score the basket, not jumping into someone or clearly doing something that's not a foul, or that wouldn't have been a foul, and just bringing on a process just to throw the ball up, you know, 20 feet in the air, and go, um, well, headphones users, watch out, but throw the ball 30 feet in the air and go, Aye! and then just, like, wait for the rest to call it. Like, I I, I have been on this bandwagon for years about the, these rules, and I absolutely love that they're finally changing it. And to all the star players that are complaining about it, shut up. I'm sorry, shut up. <laughs> like, you're getting paid millions of dollars, and yeah, maybe you're averaging 18 points per game instead of 24. I don't care. I'm sorry, I don't care. I don't feel bad for you. Because, I mean, you've had years of getting away with all this stuff to pad your stats even more. I don't feel bad for you at all. And if you're that good of a scorer, find a way to score the right way and prove that you are the best of the best. Cody, go on. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the role. I do. I mean, I I'm one of those players where as someone who, who who competed in basketball for a few years. I've coached basketball for a few years, and I in any sport I played, I always tried to get as much as an advantage as I could personally. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the strongest. wasn't the fastest. I'd like to thought thought of myself as when I played sports, I was one of the smartest. And thing, the fouls that were happening, other, I, the jump shot where you, you pump fake and then you lean into a guy, I didn't love. However, I understand where the whole, like, not liking watching the game, but I think free throws are important. And I, I you know, watched a guy like James Harden who got to the line like 17 times a game. And I was like, he's just smart. He, and, and it's one of those things where the rule had to change. And I wasn't, I wasn't mad that players were abusing the rule. The rules there. I mean, the the rules like when they when the fouls were being called, they were being called correctly. I mean, it was dumb. It was stupid. I don't know why it was a thing, but it was the correct calls, and the players knew it. So if you're going to take advantage of a dumb rule, I, in my head, I give you props because I would oh no, the same. I'm not angry at the players for yeah. like going for it. I do the same thing. Like it, it is what the rule was. But the rule is right. just stupid. Like, there's no other way to. It is, you, it is. Yeah, it absolutely was. This had to it, happen. And this had again. It had, especially after the Olympics, and with, with, these are like the European rule sets. And in Europe, the, these aren't issues. Like those jump fouls aren't things. Flopping. We just say it, flopping. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with the top scorers, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, James Harden uh, are notables. Uh, who. But also the entire league is just scoring a little bit lower, and maybe it's fatigue. I mean, they've played three NBA seasons, <laughs> yeah. two actual seasons. I mean, I don't think Adam Silver is seeing the gates of heaven, but I mean, he had to do uh, what he had. Ooh, I don't know. I I think he's the best commissioner in sports by far. I I think yeah. I don't know. I see. I'm not, a big Adam Silver Rob Manfred. Man. We'll keep it there. He's better than Rob Manfred and, but, ba- um, and Batman. So your only con- like contest is Goodell. Yeah, so I mean, there's not really strong contest in in this race, you know. But um, anyway, it, it's good. And these these players are, are going to are figure it out, and they'll adjust. And and I'm not. I don't think Damian Lillard is going to score under 20 points per game. I don't think James Harden is going to to score 17 points per game. I think they're they'll average back out to 25, 20 to 27 or whatever their range would be i think they'll figure it out and i think people are it's also five games and i think people love to overreact obviously that's like every, human nature everyone loves to overreact um but i think the rules are fine however there is a side where there's a lot there's a lot of fouls that aren't getting called and i fine. think that's a, a better of two evils but i think toward season goes on it's going to average itself out. I think we're reacting over a six-game sample size. It's very hard in any sport and anything, unless I mean football, maybe because you only play sixteen, so that's it's actually a pretty decent chunk. But um, and all levels in the scoring, team scoring, three-point shooting, which seems to be lower, individual player scoring, foul call. I think it'll all average itself out. Yeah, I agree. And the things I would rather have, like people quote-unquote get fouled and not have it be called and just let the game go i i am all for like the tougher type of games like uh, i think most of us can agree like the 90s 80s 90s were kind of like the peak of basketball at least like for now Mm -hmm. and like i love seeing the jordan rules like they were actually putting jordan on his ass they were decking people they were fighting each other i'd like to see the the toughness and the actual like competitiveness and most importantly 
I like seeing the hatred among the athletes. Like, when you see player athletes, there's not much like it. Like, Isaiah Thomas versus Michael Jordan. You get Michael Crabtree versus, like, Richard Sherman. And, like, mm-hmm. you can just see it brings the best out of them. And that fire and that pure hatred for themselves makes the games better, makes it more entertaining to watch, and it just creates more storylines. And so I am all for it. I'm all in favor for letting the boys play across the board in all sports. I am fine with it. So, But I know the times are trending in the opposite direction, which I don't love, but it is what it is. I just think if you're looking at it objectively, um, I think they're looking at offensive players having the advantage and just taking advantage of leaning into a guy and get, drawing the foul. And I just think, like you said, it, it makes it more of an even playing field. It makes it more equal. If you give rules and fouls against offensive players, offensive plays. Um, and so, you know, I, I agree. Maybe it, the game is so like 130, 140, you know, it kind of gets crazy every once in a while. So you got to throw that rule in there just yeah. to kind of balance it out. And, you know, it maybe it, it creates more, you know, fights. It's more aggressive. Okay. We got to be aware of, you know, not leaning into a guy. And so maybe the games are more, you know, 90, 80, 100 possibly so you know that's what i think i think it just makes it more of an even playing field offensively and defensively yeah i think in all sports i think i mean i can't really speak for hockey i'm not really 100 percent sure let the game. boys fight i want and i want them fighting each other cross-checking each other go at it i want them to go off hockey's on soft of of the rule changes in sports of at least my lifetime or our lifetime a lot, all of them have basically favored the offense. I mean, I can't yes. remember yes. a, a defensive favoring rule. I mean, in, mm-hmm. in football, it's so hard to pass interference to has become ridiculous. As a cornerback, like cornerback, might be the hardest position in sports, just because of all the things you can't do. Like yeah, you basically yeah. have to just great point. Cover a dude without actually covering a dude. It, it's yeah. so hard. And then all the offensive skewed for for. Uh, for basketball, the freedom of movement rules and the, the exit of the hand check in 2004, I believe, um, and, and all the, these rules, the defensive three-second rule that they added because Shaq just parked himself in the paint and no one could ever do anything, and, and this and that and the other thing. Um, and in baseball, they're at they're looking to ban the shift. I mean, they already make relief pitchers have to face, face a minimum of three batters. That was a defensive disadvantage um, in terms of uh, lefty-lefty, righty-righty matchups and things like that. And uh, so I, this is the first rule in I, a while that I can remember, like a major rule that really favors the defense. Thank God. I'm very happy. For, like the, uh, like I, I said earlier, right. I, I, I don't like watching like defensive games. Like that Super Bowl between the Patriots and Rams was like the most boring thing I've ever watched. I was oh, yeah. watching paint dry. Mm-hmm. But like I can appreciate it. I, I appreciate good defense, and I think true sports fans do. I don't want to see a 60 to 70 football game. Like I want to see a couple of stops. I want to see some difficult drives going on. And I and it's the same for basketball. I don't want to see people scoring at will. I don't want it to be a 160 to 150 like all-star game type thing. Like I want it to be challenging. I want people to go head to head against each other and they want I want them to look forward to like going up against top defenders and vice versa. I want defenders to be like I want to lock up Steph Curry. And I want the officials to be out of it. I think we can all agree we hate when officials take over games and dictate the result. And that's what I think this really helps. This take a lot of pressure off referees 
and this is gonna and they can just let them play now a little bit more and it's just gonna make the ends of games faster and it's gonna make them better quality i am absolutely in favor of it yeah if you're a die hard you know hockey fan or basketball fan yeah. no matter what it is you respect the rules of the game and maybe you want the rules to go in favor of it being an even playing field and every sport now it seems like all the rules as cody you know alluded to it's always going towards the offense because they want to see more scoring everybody wants to see more scoring like fans you're going to get more engagement if you do that so if you're talking objectively and you want to and you're a true fan of whatever sport seeing a clean game giving rules towards defensive players or or defense in general no matter what sport it is it makes sense in terms of making it you know uh an even playing field and playing the game the right way as opposed to just most of the fouls most of the penalties they're gonna go towards the defense Mm -hmm. you know offense you know scores a lot we got to make the game like this but you know i think i agree too i think making it um making this rule change just makes it an even playing field great all right i think i think that wraps up that one cody yep absolutely that one next up we have some nfl talk and the afc uh, what North has North. been really weird this year. Cleveland looking like a Super Bowl contender the last few years really haven't played to that stature. They find themselves last. Uh, the Steelers, I ha- I've been out on the Steelers ever since Ryan Shazier um, unfortunately had his injury. I think mm-hmm. they have never been the same. Even last year, I wasn't calling. I even when they were like eleven and zero or something, I was like, nah, not in on the Steelers. Big mm-hmm. Ben's been washed since I was in middle school. I don't want to hear it. Then the Bengals. Bengals are pretty good. Five and three right now. They had a tough game against the Jets, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't take that sentence. Yes. I can't take that sentence seriously. I can't. I'm sorry, like that. Like, you know, we're we're gonna talk about how good they are and say you that you know what they had a tough week against the New York Jets. Are we kidding? Hey, listen, the without Titans, Jack Wilson, so. without Zach Wilson, we had right, Mike White. We had Mike White, who actually looks like the like the basic graphic on like a build a character on like an, on a sports game. Like yeah. if like when you go to like make your own player on like Madden or mm-hmm. 2K, yeah. like that's what Mike White looks like. The poor guy. <laughs> but you're without your starting quarterback, who's the number two overall pick in the draft. The Jets have nothing. Like let's just say it. they have nothing. They have receivers. They have a slightly better offensive line. There is no defense. There is no special teams. There barely is an offense. All three phases of the game, they suck. They are the New York Jets. Let's be honest here. But, like, uh, the people are getting so hyped up about the Bengals. And I get it. I get it. They're flashy. They're fun. And they're young. I get it. But this is not a real contender, people. This is not a contender. This is a team that's currently second in their division. At five and three, Ravens were on by, so they're at five and two, or technically in first. So really, however you cut it, I tie behind. It's like it's mm-hmm. the same thing at, yeah. at this point in the year. But like this is a tough division. But like the Browns haven't been what they are. So like you can't say, oh, they're actually in second. The Steelers, I agree with Cody. They've been washed. I don't like the Steelers, mm-hmm. even though Najee's carrying my fantasy team. But um, same. Th- yeah, the Browns have not been the Browns. They're like a weird funk. I don't know what's going on with the Browns. Yeah. Like. They're looking like classic Browns, like not like the Browns that we have oh, yeah. seen in the last couple of years. I like the Ravens, but like they're not as good as I think people were anticipating. Coming into the year, the Ravens were my actual, were actually my Super Bowl pick. They were my pick. Mm-hmm. 
And, like, this entire division is weird. It's like, they're good teams, but they're not contending teams. They're not great. But individually for the Bengals, like, their offensive line is still shaky. They are loaded at receiver. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd together. Probably the, one of the best trios of receivers yeah. off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, just league-wide. And they're all very young. They're all cost-controlled for now. It's a great offense. And I love Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But the defense has me worried. Because you need a couple stars on defense if you're going to be in the upper echelon of defense. Typically. We saw it a couple years ago, the Patriots defense. They ha- You kind of need to have someone at each level. You need someone on the line, at the linebacker position, and in the secondary. That Patriots defense, I believe it was two years ago. Yeah, it was Brady's last year. Mm-hmm. You had Gilmore in his defensive player of the year. You had Dante Hightower, who was balling out. And then on the line, I believe we still had Trey Flowers. My years could be wrong. Oh, yeah, they were sick. Yeah, it, it, that defense was insane. Uh, and like, and even when you get to the like the Rams, today, like this year's Rams, you have Jalen Ramsey on the back end, who's the best corner in football. You have Aaron Donald on the front line, who is the best pass rusher in football, and I don't know why Cody would put that Miles Garrett is the best. If I even asked a question, if Miles Garrett's the best pass rusher in football on our Twitter, don't even why. Well, it's not really a question because he is. You're saying he's better than Aaron Donald. He's pretty intimidating. I'm not saying he's a better player than Aaron Donald. I'm saying he's a better pass rusher than Aaron Donald. Oh boy, oh boy. Hey, listen, he has like all That's, the names of quarterbacks. Okay. In next his week, backyard. Ne- next week, that'll be for us. But like. And that, and now they bring in Von Miller to be like their linebacker spot, and like I get it, Von Miller's kind of just like a pass rushing specialist at this point, but like he's still like technically his linebacker, and you kind of need someone at every level of the defense, and the Bengals don't really have anyone. Like Trey Hendrickson's having a great year, seven and a half sacks already is fantastic, leading the team, but then after him, Sam Hubbard second with four, and then they have an, I'm not gonna try to say this guy's name, like Larry Ogden. Oh, Larry Ogden. Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby, yeah, like, okay, so, oh, 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 yeah. Finally yeah. got a name right. Here we go. Yeah, attaboy, man, who did a Billy. <laughs> but uh, Sam Hubbard has four, and Obi-Wan Kenobi has three and a half. So, like, and interceptions-wise, Logan Wilson does have four, but also Logan Wilson has 40 tackles, which, like, I don't know if Logan Wilson's a secondary guy or a linebacker, but, like, he's a he, what is it, Cody? He's a linebacker. Okay, I'm sorry. Your linebacker should not be leading the team in interceptions. I'm just like that seems a little. I mean, I will say this: Jesse Bates is one of the best safeties in the league. And he's yeah, gonna that's get fine. Able. He's big time. Yeah, that's fine. But like, and if you told me that they still had Carlos Dunlap, or I know, I believe Geno Atkins is still there. Mm-hmm. But like, it. He's getting older. Yeah, he's getting older. Carlos Dunlap, they traded away to Seattle last year. Their turnover ratio is minus one. Like, I'm a little worried about their defense. It's a young team. They have more years to build on this. I think huge potential. But this season, the AFC is wide open. But, like, come on, guys. This this can't be real. Okay, so listen. You make a good point about the Bengals. Maybe there is a little pushback. But I don't know why you're dissing the Jets. They beat the Titans, and then they beat the Bengals. They're both <laughs> it's the Jets! Playoff. Hey, listen. They both beat playoff contending teams. I mean, that's They're a pretty good five. resume. Okay, but hey. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, listen. I, I can, I can see play? why you're, you're a little pushing back on the Bengals. Honestly, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe not win the division, but I still mm-hmm. think they can make the wild card. Yeah, no, I'm in for that. Yeah, okay. Uh, But 
listen, you you talk about how bad their defense is. They held the your Ravens to seventeen points two weeks ago. Very I true. mean, Very I, good I point. You're, so we're dissing them, but they're not getting the credit. I mean, Lamar is really hard to contain. They they held them to seventeen points. I don't care what you say. Um, so I mean, and I know you make a good point about their offensive line. They really didn't address them at all. At and, all. And listen, like maybe that fifth overall pick might have been worthy of an offensive lineman. And they went. To I was Chase. in that camp. I was in the Panayatul camp for the Bengals. I said, you know, it's a receiver. You have two good ones already. Let it go. Get yeah, Panayatul. But, but like Jamar Chase has been like a top ten receiver. Oh no! Oh no! I've been wrong. I, I I think it's face to say I'm actually no. It's hard to say if I'm wrong. Because the Lions is making Sewell play another position now, which is just ridiculous. But anyways, Harry, I'll let so, you back. So maybe you don't win either way. Maybe, like, if you go Jamar Chase, which they have, like, yeah. you're going to get these numbers from him, and he's on pace to break uh, probably Justin Jefferson's record from last year. <laughs> Every rookie. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. And so those receivers from LSU are insane. But anyway, if they if they went, I, don't, I think it's a situation where maybe they wouldn't lose either way if they went offensive line and they gave Burrow more protection. Because um, he still would have had a good receiving core with Higgins and Boyd, mm-hmm. but uh, to win the AFC North, I think honestly, I think the Ravens will win this division. Agreed. Uh, but I don't like how you're dissing them a little bit. Like this team's up and coming. They're not. They are. Expe- yeah, they are up and coming. So like, then the expectations shouldn't be through. The- I know. Like right after that win against the Ravens, everyone's like, "Oh my God, look at the like the yeah. league was on notice. The league was on notice." I am a big fan of the Bengals. I don't think they'll win the division, but I think you need to look at them as an up-and-coming team. They're new to this. Like they, they're a young, like they're led by Joe Burrow. Um, he is, you know, a great leader for them. He's, you know, confident. He's cool. I, I love Joe Burrow. Um, I just think that we need to take this team lightly, kind of like with the Browns, right? Last mm. year, they haven't seen the. Pl- the in the uh, they haven't seen the playoffs in what twenty years or whatever it was. Yeah. So you can't really. You know, be like, whoa, 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 like, you know, pump the brakes. Like, this team's up and coming. If they make the dance, that's good enough. If they go one and done, whatever, whatever. Um, I don't think they'll win the division, but I, I don't think that you need to, like, uh, you know, harp on them too much because they are a, a team that hasn't had a lot of experience in the playoffs. They're getting used to this, you know, winning streak and winning, um, you know, at their age. So, I, I would look at them a little more positively than you would, Pat. Yeah, no, I I like where this is, team's going. I think in the future, this can, in another year, hell, next year, maybe they are a Super Bowl contender. They can address some of their issues. Two years, yeah, sure, whatever. This year, I can't give it to them. Because, A, I, I still have the Ravens coming out of the AFC, I, but most of the AFCs are so wide open. And, like, I, I think the Bills regressed a lot. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, I don't love the Bills as much this year. They also have a really hard schedule coming up. I'm looking at it right now. Next week, they got the Browns. Then they got the Raiders. The Steelers, the Chargers, the Niners. Hmm. My phone's blocking this one. That's pretty brutal. The Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns again. That is, yeah, that I'm is sorry. pretty rough. There is not one game in there in that I can say confidently they're going to win it. There, there's not one. And, I, I, can't, and I, I can't buy it. I mean, I wouldn't be... I'm not saying they're gonna go over here. They're definitely not. But like, I wouldn't be shocked if they went 500 the rest of the way. If they if they like go a slightly above, slightly below, whatever. But and I can see them being a wildcard team. I absolutely can. I can't see them getting to an AFC championship. I can't see them winning an AFC championship. And I definitely and I can't see them winning a Super Bowl. 
If they prove me wrong, great. I will be the first one to say I'm wrong. I just I can't get on the hype train for them being a real contender yet. I I hope they do. I'm rooting for them. But I, I, I just yeah, right. I can't do it. Yeah, this very moment they're not a contender. They they're a year or two away Agreed. from being like a true kind of threat. Yes. And that's not meaning they're bad, it's just that they have no. holes on that offensive line and yeah. they're young. Yeah, and yeah that's, that's it. They need just, they need another year. Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrows, an extra year. I think they'll be fine. And if we're talking about a playoffs right now, let's say, I think we can agree that the Bills are going to win the AFC East. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we can agree that the Ravens are going to win the North, mm-hmm. the, unless something weird happens. Yeah, probably. Brown's going to I run. I think we can agree that even. Um, Derrick Henry going down for probably the rest of the year. I think the Titans are still going to work. I believe it. I believe they said six to ten weeks. So I like he, he could come back at the very end. It didn't say season ending exactly. Playoff time maybe. Maybe yeah. Those are like week the, seventeen. The West, the West right now. I it's still think mess. the Chiefs are in the playoffs. I think the Chiefs are in the playoffs. Are they going to be a the a division winner? Maybe not, but I yes. think they still have four yes. playoff spots right there. The Three Chiefs more. are a winner. Okay. The Chiefs come out of that division. I'm, Somehow, I'm still putting all my money and on them. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Waiting. I am not bashing that. I am not bashing it at all. I'm fine. So right now, so that means you have the Patriots at four and four right now, which I don't, I, I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they just I don't missed. Know. I think I they just. Have, I, I think this is a class like when the Cowboys went eight and eight every year and they just missed the dance for like one, yeah. maybe two games. I think that's where. We're I at. think they'll have. I think they'll be up and down the rest of the year. The Raiders are five and two. Don't buy. Okay, they make the let's, let's Yeah, I don't know. I think the Chargers probably can. No. Um, I don't know if I. Buy I'm gonna it. pencil in. The See, I'm so everyone I'm was saying the, the Chargers were gonna win the AFC or like the Chargers will be like the two seed. I'm sorry, like they were struggling hard against us yesterday uh, on Sunday, and it's just that's tough. Like I, the the game last night. The, between the Chargers and the Patriots really kind of made me doubt the Chargers a little bit. And maybe it was just a bad game. Sure, they'll come back, whatnot. But, like, that, I don't know. Like, I, I like the Chargers' weapons. I like their big stars. But, like, I'm not buying them yet. I, I don't know. And I'm still waiting for the Chiefs to be the Chiefs. I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting for them to turn on the Jets. And I've been saying, like, this is the week for the last month. This is going to be the week against the Giants. So the Giants have already rolled over. They're dead. So now here comes the Chiefs. It's going to ruin all of our lives again. I mean, Pat, now that you mention it, the Chiefs winning the division isn't a bad take. Now that you They're look, two games back. They yeah. are in it still. They're not out of it. Oh, no, not at all. And, yeah, and so, I, so right now, so the question I have for you guys are, are the Bengals a top two team out of the Chargers, Raiders, themselves, and the Patriots? Definitely not. Yeah. No, I'd say yeah, actually. Oh, I think oh, I think uh, those four, yeah. Uh, those four, yeah. Uh, the, I think the Chargers are better than them, and it's razor thin between the Raiders and the Bengals. But like, I I just I don't buy the Raiders in general. Like, I think the Raid. I, I don't know. I don't like the Raiders. All their draft picks lately have sucked. They don't really have anyone promising that much. I like Derek Carr. I like Joe Burrow more. Um, it's not anyone on the Raiders I can really say is like definitively better than someone on the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I, I so I would put the Bengals slightly ahead, and I. And I think the Bengals can kind of go with the Chiefs strategy and just, like, rely on the offense and just, like, put up 50 points a game and, like, hope to get one stop. And I don't think the Raiders can do that. So, that's uh, – I would say yes. Yeah, I think the Chargers are probably second. I think the Bengals are slightly ahead of them. And then I think that Woo. 
<laughs> the, the Raiders probably third and then the Pats fourth because yeah. the Raiders I I think they're they're worse than their their record says that they are and that fact that in this the sense that they they lost their head coach and Derek Carr is playing better without him but I like they, Derek Carr I'm I've always been on his bandwagon yeah. but like I, I'm not putting him if you're I think the real debate here is basically debating between the Bengals or the Raiders here. But yeah. I I, th- I think we both agree the Chargers were, are probably the number one team out yeah. of those four. Uh, and, like, if you look at the, the, the roster between the Bengals and the Raiders, the Bengals have a much better roster. Oh, yeah. Between, like, their three receivers, uh, the Raiders really, like, who they have on the outside? Like, the, they have Ruggs, mm-hmm. who's been all right. Yep. I I, I mean, they're, and like... defensively, they're, they're all right. Yeah, no. like, they're been no break for the most part. Running back, Josh Jacobs versus Joe Mixon, again, kind of the same, like, caliber-ish. Yeah, they're both really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, like... But and but it comes down to quarterback and Joe Burrow is better than Derek Carr and I and at least they do have someone on the back end with Jesse Bates at safety. Mm-hmm. The Raiders don't really have anyone, so yeah. That's and that, and, and this is why I put Raiders third and Chargers second because mm-hmm. I've seen the Chargers beat the Raiders and yep. I, they beat them pretty handily. And now that you take away John Gruden and and it's not like he made a big impact when he was there. I just think that the Chargers have the Raiders number whenever they yeah. play. Uh, it's a division game, and usually division games doesn't even matter what your record is. They're it's tight. gonna be a, it's a, it's gonna be a close game. So, uh, I yeah, I would take the Bengals first, and then the Chargers second, Raiders third, Pats fourth, and yeah, I think they're a top two team out of those four. Yeah. Um, if, but if we're talking about the AFC, um, probably not. I, I think you got the Bills. No. You, you they're a wild card team. Wild card team. Yes. I think we all agree on that. If they get in, they're a wild card team. Yeah, Bills and Ravens are probably ahead of them. Yeah, I, I can agree on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible that we have three AFC West teams. I think the Raiders. I don't. Know, I I like the Raiders. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm like bought in, bought in, but I like the Raiders. I think that you know, like I said, uh, Derek Carr has played good um, since John Gruden uh, became uh, a racist. Huh, so. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's a tough. Yeah. One. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all you can say. I mean, the Bengals are are better than than those three teams. Maybe you nip and tuck between the Raiders or Chargers. I don't care if you like the Raiders. You know, good for you. Um, you know, Derek Carr's always been really talented. Um, he's always put up good stats in his career. Um, it's just you know, in terms of the AFC, you know, they're they're pushed down the list when I mean, you have the Ravens, the Bills. And then you can also bring the Chiefs because I'm still with Pat. Honestly, when I thought about that question more, I was thinking, oh, maybe the Chiefs can get the division. I'm like, it's not a bad take because, you know, we've seen what they've done the past couple of years. So just give it time, and maybe those teams that are uh, that are in the AFC West that are doing well now, maybe not so, aren't going to do so well at the back end of the schedule. So we'll see. Yeah. 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 So on to the next um, topic of discussion. Uh, we're keeping it in the broadcaster spectrum of things. Guys, who do you think right now, we'll start with you, Pat, is the best national broadcaster in all of sports? Now, this is hard. So I want to define something first. By broadcaster, are we talking about the tandem or are we talking about, like, the individual person? Play-by-play broadcaster. So... So natural. Okay, so during the it has to be during the game, the individual person. Yes. Okay. That that changes a lot of things because like it 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 really really does. 
oh this is this is hard this is like this is really hard because like you kind of have the same like three or four guys for the most part like mm-hmm. covering like all the big games like you have Jim Nance who covers like the biggest NFL games each week and you have him doing like the March Madness and some of the bigger basketball ones and then you have guys like Joe Buck who are doing like the World Series and playoffs like just like that and they have and he's also taking on the Fox side of the NFL and like and never mind, you also have the classics like Al Michaels, who have been there for forever. Oh, I'm going to catch a lot of hate for this. I already know it. Say it. I'm giving it to Joe Buck. I'm sorry. All right. I'm doing, like, everyone hates on Joe Buck. I don't get it. Like, I'm not the, like, it's hard to say one is definitively better, but, like, I think he's the most versatile. I think he's definitely, I really like him for baseball. And I really and I think he's good at football and like he can work with a bunch of different people. He's worked with Troy Aikman for a while. He works with that absolute schmuck John Smoltz in the World Series and all the other playoffs. And he John Smoltz is awful. If you can carry him, like good on you. And um, but Tony Romo and like, I think the closest would be Jim Nance. I don't like Al Michaels that much, personally. Like I think he's good, but like he lacks that kind of excitement, like that big call ability, like he. I don't know. I can't really think of one of his calls that I'm like, that was amazing. Joe Buck has a bunch of them. I mean, it's not by coincidence. He has been put on the big stage because he is the best at it. And he covers pretty much everything. He covers the fo- he covers football. He covers uh, the World Series, like which are two of the sports that I watch the most. So I definitely have bias. I would have fought for Doc Emmerich, but he's not current. He just retired last year. I, I, I don't know. I have to go Joe Buck. And like, when you hear that, Joe, like, Joe Buck's, like, excitement, like, it gives you a little bit of chills and nerves. It He brings out the nerves in you and the emotions in you the most, for better or worse. Oh, doesn't yeah. matter the game. Some of the other guys, I think, are a little bit more calmer, and they don't bring out as much of that energy and, like, spirit in you. Now, before I give it up to you guys, all I'm going to say, the ESPN Monday Night Football crew stinks. They are awful. I mean, how many changes have they had? Uh, a bunch of, like, not watching the Manning cast? <laughs> See, I haven't, but I haven't watched any of them. But like Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greese, or whatever the hell you say it. Yep. Disgusting. I've never been a fan of <laughs> any of them. I, I re- like that is the type of crew I put it on mute for. Those boys are the worst, and that's it. But other than that, Joe Buck, I'm I'm actually with him. Stop the Joe Buck. I mean, slander. why do you think that they have the Manning Sportscast? Because literally, they're they had to find they had yeah. to find new announcers every single year. So that's why there's so much turnover there. I'm going to go Jim Nance because he... Very fair pick. And the thing is, he's done more different sports. He's done uh, NCAA, men's basketball, NBA, PGA Tour, National Football League. And so I just think it, for Joe Buck, it's really... God, he did PGA. It's Yeah, he does that too. So And if you're not a golf fan, that's fine, but he does that. And so Joe Buck, he yeah. really just does football and be- baseball and that's it. Damn which, it, Harry. Which is fine. And that's the thing. I'm looking at it like who's the most versatile and listen, Damn it, that's my whole argument. This man shattering listen, me. Listen, listen, Damn listen, it. listen. And listen, so I-, I know what you're saying. Like honestly, Joe Buck is a great pick because yeah. he in terms of like listening to them, Joe Buck, his voice is very serious. Mm-hmm. And and I agree. He gives me the nerves too. Like it, a big play happens, it's like, oh my God, like this is so serious and so like Jim Nance is more kind of friendly you know what I mean his voice probably doesn't scare you as much and I think Al Michaels probably has like a more intense serious voice than Jim Nance um but in terms of just 
you know, their credentials and how versatile they are. I'm going to go with Jim Nance as opposed to Joe Buck. Joe Buck is very versatile, too. You make a great mm. point. I'm going to go with Jim Nance because he does a little bit more. And I, I just think that uh, the more you do, I think the more impressive it is, you know, in terms of being a play-by-play announcer. I'm going to change my answer. My favorite broadcaster is Cody Shalafu. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe um, I might change my answer, too. So, I mean, there are plenty of good ones. Obviously, you don't get on national television if you're not good. Uh, well, Except for Steve Levy. I, I can't say that. Um, I, I'll say it. I'll say it. He's awful. So, my pick is a little left-fieldish. Okay. I think Iron Eagle is the best. Yes, Cody. Oh, wow. Yes. And Jim Nance is fantastic. Al Michaels, you know, fantastic. Joe Buck. Well, my gripe with Joe Buck is technically like, as a broadcaster and someone who studies broadcasting and what makes a good broadcaster, he has all the ver- the technical things very, very well. He's always on time. He knows what he's talking about. He has stories about players, this and that. He's basically the face of sports broadcasting. Him and him and Nance really are the two big kahunas in the, in the big race. He's just, he doesn't, get me excited what he go, i want you to go back and watch those and uh, uh, red sox highlights uh, go back and watch when oh, dave Roberts don't stole. don't tell me this is a, your argument cody don't do it it wasn't it wasn't and this isn't even just that but it, and i've been watching the world series there's no other than the poppy home run call the grand slam call. Oh. There's not much oomph in it. He doesn't. He, I don't think he's as exciting in, in baseball as I think he could be. Um, Ooh, I, uh, are you saying like? Are you saying in general, or are you just pointing out just like? Are you saying that like it's a he hates the Red Sox like because no, he's a no, New no, York no, guy? No, no, no. Like, Thank um, God, like, I hate than, those people. No, 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 no. I don't think he hates the Red. I mean, he did have to watch them beat the Cardinals twice, and he's a Cardinals fan and from St. Louis, so yeah, you can see a little bit of extra oomph with the Cardinals, which is fine. But I don't know. Just, and maybe it's just because you hear him all the time for 20 years you get sick and tired of him maybe that's just what it is i i don't think i think he's obviously deserves to be where he's at but i he, he won't be my favorite iron eagle is my favorite i really like iron eagle it's i just think that's a good no great he is perfect culmination of he knows what he's talking about he's funny he can be serious he always has a story he always he works good with every guy he works with every color announcer because like you were saying like pairs there are certain pairs that work really 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 well together Mm -hmm. but you take those two and put them in different places and they're not as good yep iron eagle is good with every single partner he has whether that be charles davis whether that be uh stan van gundy whether that be richard jefferson whether that be uh dear uh Right? No, no, yeah. no, that was somebody else. Or maybe it was. Um, maybe he was with him. I, I forgot know. who he does the NCAA tournament with. Greg Anthony. Whoever he works with, it is always fun. And he, he, you have to know your color guy as much as you know the game. And, and Harrison, we, we when we work together – you have to you have to feed the color analyst stuff. You have to make them shine, and it's it's way more than just talking about the game. And I think he does he does it perfect. And I have never been like, ah, well, Ian Eagles calling this game. Every time he's on, I'm like, ooh, Ian Eagles calling this game. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's I, a good I point. Think, that's a good point, Cody. I need to score this game. Yeah, I think I think Ian Eagle is is a great pick yeah. because he's good no matter who he's with. Yeah. And and, and it's not a one man job like you said. The play by play announcer has to feed the color guy, kind of prompt him into talking more about the game and stuff like that. I'm honestly surprised, Cody, that you didn't pick. I thought you were gonna say Kevin Harlan because Kevin Harlan, oh, who I, I gotta be honest, listen, listen, maybe not the best commentator in terms of maybe like you know serious. No, Kevin Harlan's fire. He's fire. You... He, oh, listen, listen. I think Kevin Harlan is the funniest play-by-play guy out of anybody. He oh. makes me laugh honestly because he's so dramatic and maybe it's just his voice, but like he also does a lot of like funny sayings in basketball when a guy he dunks and, and that makes me laugh so whenever i see that i'm like oh my god i could watch kevin harlan and just laugh at every single thing he says um but um you know what and, and the joe buck criticisms that you've been talking about cody i agree with because joe buck there are times where he should be more excited about mm. certain plays and it's maybe it, it's happening in baseball i don't know there the uh the play against the patriots in the super bowl with i think it was the first Giants and Patriots Super Bowl. I think Tyree had the and I know it, no Patriot fan likes to hear about it, but he was not excited at all about that play. And that was a big play, Shoot. and he yeah, was I'm, very monotone. Like it was so bad, and he's had yeah, so many criticisms. But for that. he has so many big calls. Like he's had like like the James White the the what, was it over? That was a good. One. That was a good one. And he's in like he had the David Freeze games. He's had those David Ortiz moments. He's had all the like. When you hear my thing is when you hear Joe Buck at the very beginning of the game, forget the actual game. When you turn on the TV and you hear his voice, you go, "Oh damn, this is like this is a big game." Like, you, it's like could, you know this is a big game because he's on it. But and my thing is like again, he gets all the big games and he gets those moments. Because he's the best. I always, I always go back and I'm like, something missing. And like he gets these moments, and I, it's more just because you know he, he gets posted in situations. But I I think that it's just there's just something a little bit off when he when in those moments again when, the timing when these huge moments have anniversaries and they play them over on Twitter or on Instagram and you're watching the clip, it's just like I don't know there could have been a little more there could have been a little something extra like an electric call is an electric call yeah and i don't know like everyone loves the charlotte hornets guys i don't know if you, if you i hate them the, i'm sorry i don't like I, that's way too much it and is. there's definitely balance you have to have like not every single home run call all season should be this mind-blowing home run call no because a a third inning solo shot in a game in may is not as important as a <laughs> Walk off winner in the October, part of September, when yeah. you're going for a pennant race. I mean, like, there there's a difference there, but I don't know. I mean, I like I think he's a great broadcaster. I just wouldn't say he's my favorite, the best. That's right. Now, I want to get to two of the smaller guys. Uh, I think I wish that they covered more sports, and I know Cody knows one well. I actually know Cody probably knows both well. Mike Breen first for the NBA. I I want him to cover every NBA game. I love him to. Bang! Bang! Like, when you hear the bang at the end, you know, like, oh, my God, that's a dagger. Like, that's a huge shot. He's my favorite basketball broadcaster, like, period. I think he's the best by far, just him individually. And, like, the fact he can work with Mark Jackson and whichever Van Van Gundy it is. Not Jeff Van Gundy. Those two are morons. And the fact that he can carry those two says a lot. And the other guy... I'm again. I might catch some hate for this one too. 
Matt Va- Matt Vaskin. Yeah, Vaskin. I can't even say his name, but I like oh, him. Oh, he has a nice voice. Yeah, he does have a nice voice. And I know a lot of people don't like the whole Santa Maria thing. I like it. I actually really like it. Again, I think the thing that holds him back is I think what Cody just said. He does it like every time and he doesn't say it like the biggest moments. Like he'll do it on a Wednesday night baseball at the start of the season and not just like in October. It's so funny. Let me. ESPN's B team is miles ahead of their A team in the in, in baseball. And I don't Who know is their A team anymore? Baseball. I don't even know. Their A team. A- oh, it's A Rod, right? Uh, it was A Rod and Vaskurgeon. Vaskurgeon stepped down, so Vaskurgeon isn't doing. Um, oh, he's on the Angels now. Yes. Yeah, yeah he, he's been doing the Angels, and he's going to be at MLB Network and whatever. And I mean, for someone who plays MLB The Show for as long and as much as I do, I hear Matt Vaskirchen all the time, and I think he's fine. I think he's good. Um, Jason Benetti. He's the – he does – ESPN. He, oh, he is fancy. He does college football for ESPN. He does college basketball for ESPN. He does baseball for ESPN. He is fantastic. He is incredible. Um, guys like Mark Jones, a, uh, who does basketball. I love Mark Jones, Dave Pash, really love Dave Pash. He does a lot of basketball and football for ESPN. Um, so that B team in baseball of the uh, Benetti and, uh, Eduardo, uh, not Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, yeah, that's a pitcher. Nice try. No, Eduardo. What's his name? Um, oh, Perez. Yes. Eddie Perez. I don't like it. They're well. fantastic. I, don't, I don't like Eddie Perez. I, I think Eddie's great. And then also uh, Boog Shambi, who was at ESPN. What a name. <laughs> he, he's really good, too. There are some really good broadcasters. And honestly, I think a lot of them are I, – I enjoy a lot more than the A-listers. No. no. I'm not saying the A-listers aren't good because they yeah. are, but it might just be – I hear – I know their perspectives. I've, I've listened to them for a while and something – and I don't know. It's just a different generation, and I like it. And so – uh, broadcasters, I would say definitely go watch. If you're into basketball, definitely Mark Jones. Mark Jones keeps it really fun, and he knows what he's talking about. I really like listening to Mark Jones. Um, Dave Pash is a really good guy for especially college basketball. He works with Bill Walton all the time. If you have never watched a game, Don't like Bill, Walton, Bill Walton is calling the game. Please do. It is a spiritual experience. Um, and then for baseball, definitely Benetti and uh, Bukshambi. They're 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 awesome. Yeah, I, I think the only name left, and like she has been very controversial on like if people like her or not. Before people get mad, it, this is not. I'm not saying it because she's a woman. I don't enjoy Jessica Mendoza on the for the ESPN I, well, baseball. I, I actually really like Mendoza. See, I think see Cody and I are just on the very opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, I I just don't think it's good. I don't really like that B team crew because it's not like Eddie Perez her. And whoever else is the play-by-play, I just don't really like that crew in general. I, I I don't enjoy it when they're on. I mean, it's they. I like that they're getting more females into it, but like, mm-hmm. I, she's not bad. I think she's still learning it a little bit, but it, I'm not the biggest fan. And I think it is actually pretty like fifty-fifty on people who love her, or people I who hate, who don't like her. I'm not gonna say I hate her. I'm not gonna. I don't hate any of them. They're all very oh, good, yeah. and they're all there for a reason. I just. She is not my, towards the higher end of my list. And does Jessica Mendoza, does she do any college football too? Or am I thinking of the wrong girl? I think you're thinking of the wrong girl. Okay, you're I'm probably... Just baseball and softball. Oh, okay. Um, if you gave me a baseball broadcast with Jason Benetti or Book Shambi with Mendoza and Eddie as a, as the color and then uh, Tim Kirchin 
as like the sideline like guy who like they talk to everyone. Is Tim Carson the one that? I would I'd watch every game. It, wait, Tim Carson the one that sounds like Kermit, right? Like the old man. Yeah, he's like four foot two. Oh, oh, I love. I am the complete opposite end of who we like. Give me Ken Rosenthal all day. Yeah, Ken. Ken doesn't have nothing on on Jeff Passan. But anyway. Oh, oh that's uh, a fact. That's an absolute fact. But like yeah. for but Jeff doesn't do sideline reporting. F. Wasson, dude, just constant Ws. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our show, but as per custom, we are going to show the results of last week's and anything else that, that we've posted over the week and the results of these polls. So, again, if you go to at Hustle Sports Pod, follow us there, and you can participate in these polls as we put them out. So we talked last week about are you concerned with the Chiefs offense this year? We had seven total votes, 71 or 72 percent said yes they are concerned that's nuts uh 20 about 30 percent said no they are not they have a reason to this one, yeah this one surprised me a lot this was i think after game one we posted this of the world series I believe so wow. and the braves won game one but at that point all of us said uh strohs and five we're wrong. We're yeah. never listening. Oh my God! I got frozen. Seven Out of eleven now. votes, seventy-three percent said the Braves actually wow. were going to. Wow! You're lying to yourself. That is really. Oh my God! People are buying yeah. on Eddie Rosario. My God! I, I was yeah. I was definitely surprised looking at that. How many? Maybe it's just who do they want to win? I but, think that's who it is. I think like they're picking on who they want, not who they actually. Yeah, think most will likely. Win. Yeah, I I got frozen seven. Yeah, we also asked, do you believe the Cardinals can go undefeated? And 100% of people said no, Thank just God. like the Packers did. Um, and no longer um, are they uh, uh, defeated. Um, we well, all predicted like, that. I think we all predicted that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, like, we, we, we all agreed. to the Packers. Yeah, we all, yeah. And, and Earlier, it says about, a lot. They're without the top three receivers, and they still lost. I think that about, that about one thirty o'clock this afternoon. I posted two polls. I said one is Miles Garrett, the best pass rusher in the NFL. If hell not, no, I say yes. I didn't vote on this. We have a twenty to eighty percent yes to no ratio. So only one person Thank has God. voted yes. Four have voted no so far. Out of five votes, yes. Seventeen so hours. Harrison vote. and I are both saying no. Nope. Absolutely, exclusively. He's insane. This can be this can be next down. week's debate. This is this has to yeah. be cracked open. Who is better? I put four names: Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, and Trey Young. All four of those guys seem to be roped together uh, fairly often. Right now, it is fifty-six percent Jason Tatum, eleven yeah. percent for Young and Donovan Mitchell, and twenty-two percent for Devin Booker, which is exactly how I would think that would have gone. I thought Donovan and, Mitchell would get more. And then right now, again, we have uh, the NBA rules, and already people are voting on that, and I'm putting the other two up right now. So make sure to go follow the the, uh, the Hustle Sports Pod on Twitter, at Hustle Sports Pod. And, yeah, so participate in the uh, in the polls. Pat, do you want to take us away? Sure. Well, yeah, th- uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. I am going to try to get better at turning these episodes around a lot quicker. I know I've been de- very delayed on editing and releasing them my semester starting to come down so i can probably release this 10 on the actual first of november instead of you know the eighth like i've been doing so but uh thank you very much for listening this has been amazing and also just a quick sidebar because we didn't bring it up last last episode this is episode 21 so cody and i have now been doing over 20 episodes together which was last episode 
And just congratulations to you and to you and I, my friend. And Harrison, hopefully we can get 20 more with you. Oh, yeah. So, but thank you for everybody for listening to the top 20 for the last 20. And here's to 20 more. And hopefully we will see you next time on the Hustle Sports Debate Podcast.